and welcome to the Nutrition by Samantha podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, nutritionist who is on a mission to cut through the nutrition confusion and help you become the healthiest version of you. In this podcast, you'll find expert advice on all things binge and emotional eating, sustainable fat loss, sports nutrition, and all things in between. I hope you leave each episode inspired and empowered to make smarter eating choices. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I'm really looking forward to this episode. It is the 10 things I wish I knew before I became a nutritionist, and a lot of them are pretty crazy, pretty funny as well. Anyway, super looking forward to getting into it. I know you're going to find this so valuable and helpful. If you can hear anything in the background, it is Miss Ava, my Rottweiler, who decides that she just wants to lick or yawn or sigh or whatever is up because she just has such a tough life. She just has to let everyone know. So if she gets too much, I'll kick her out. As I look behind me, she's licking her chops already. My God. Anyway, a bit about me. What has been going on with me on the weekend? I had a week three learning to surf. That was fun. Almost stood up, like almost stood up. I got one foot in front of the other, about to launch up, and I froze and I didn't do it. And the instructor's like, you're just thinking about it too much. You just need to think, you just need to do one step at a time, get really good at it. Then the next step do that then you'll get really good at that and all of a sudden it'll just all come together and I'm like hmm interesting that is literally what I tell my clients do one step in front of the other take it time and you'll get there don't try to do all of it at once anyway so that's my little goal with learning to surf at the moment hopefully this Sunday we will be standing up we'll see also went out for dindins on Friday night we went to this oh, for fuck's sake Ava all right just told Ava off for looking but I uh, went out for dinner on Friday night and we went to a restaurant in Talk in Jinjak actually. It was in Jinjak. And the cocktails were amazing. Like they were such good cocktails. It was more like the restaurant was like an Asian fusion style restaurant where you order things and you share. But like, you know, we spent a few hundred dollars there, like two hundred dollars, and we still left hungry <laughs> and I'm like damn it don't you hate when that happens when you go out for like a nice dinner and then you're like oh, I'm still hungry but yeah that was what happened thank god the cocktails were good but we ended up just getting ice cream on the way home to help fill us up but that's okay what else do we do I had my cousin's little kid stay over he's eight years old and he really loves my husband so he came and hang out with us for the weekend he had so much fun but it was really cool to have him over my mum came over as well, which was cool. But yeah, it wasn't too exciting, but it was a nice weekend. I am looking forward to getting into this episode. So I want to start with my recommendation, my food recommendation for the week. It is Italian inspired. It is pasta. Ooh, wild. So Veta high protein pasta. I'm pretty sure it's called Veta Smart Pasta. I highly recommend it. So there's two types of pasta I recommend to my clients. Honestly, any pasta you get, it's all the same. But the two I always recommend are the Veta Smart Pasta or the Pulse Pasta. Now, the reason I recommend these two pastas over just say San Remo is because they are higher in protein. And if we can get more protein into our day, that is fantastic. And if you're comparing all three pastas, the Veta uh, Smart Pasta is actually lower in calories, higher in protein, which is awesome. So what we've found 
Okay, I've got to kick her out. Far out. Alright, I kicked Ava out of the office. She just couldn't not lick herself while I was on the call. All morning she's been so chill. As soon as I start recording, she's like, mm, not today, sweetie. I'm going to annoy you. Anyway, yeah, so the protein. So the Veta Smart protein is lower in calories just slightly than just say San Remo pasta, but it has double the amount of protein. Now, I've tried the Veta Smart pasta and it tastes like normal pasta, which I'm surprised about. Compared to Pulse Pasta, Pulse Pasta is made up of like legumes, chickpeas, lentils, um, and that's what's made up the pasta. So it is a gluten-free pasta. And that is another high protein pasta. Surprisingly, not as high as the Veta Smart Protein, Smart High Protein Pasta, but it's still high in protein and it has lots of fiber in it because it has all those legumes all mashed into a little penne pasta piece. <laughs> and price difference, it is roughly the same as San Remo, so it's not like an expensive pasta option. So if you are a pasta fan, like 99% of the world, <laughs> I would recommend switching from San Remo to Veta Smart Protein Pasta. You won't notice a difference. You'll be getting more protein in, which is awesome. And it's not more expensive or higher or lower in calories, which is great. So there's my recommendation for the week. Now, for my study, I found today on, is it's on gout. Now, not, this is a very niche study I found, but it really, like gout is such a debilitating condition for many people. And although not many people suffer from it, the people that do really struggle with their quality of life and also just being okay with eating enough food because they're so scared that whatever they eat is going to trigger their gout. And what I find is when somebody has a gout attack because it's so painful and like horrible they just reduce their food drastically and lose a ridiculous amount of weight not in a healthy way because they're just so scared of eating and triggering their gout so gout is something I've helped a few clients with which is with your diet we're pretty much lowering the amount of purines in our diet to lower the amount of uric acid in our body which then causes gout so there's so many things that contain high levels of purines in it that most people just freak out and so scared of getting that pain because the pain is excruciating for these people that have it, that they just stop eating a lot of food altogether and then just lose a ridiculous amount of weight and is really concerning as well. Like I think I've had a client that was almost like passing out because he just wasn't eating because he was so scared of triggering his gout, which is horrible. It's, it's a really horrible um, condition to have. But I found a study on it, so that's why I'm bringing it up now. So what is gout? Gout is a form of inflammatory arthritis that has been on the rise in recent decades. It's considered a lifestyle disease, and some research has shown that instances of the condition have more than doubled in recent years as rates of obesity have increased. Now, its main cause is the buildup of uric acid, which I mentioned before, um, the buildup of uric acid in the blood, which then deposits and crystallizes in the joints. And that's what causes the significant pain. So previous studies have shown that vitamin C supplementation lowers the likelihood of developing gout individual in individuals with higher uric acid levels in the blood. So there was a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial that was done to evaluate the effect of supplementation of vitamin C on gout. 
Now, 14,641 men were randomly assigned to receive either the vitamin C, 500 milligrams of vitamin C daily, or vitamin E, 400 IU, which is just the, the amount um, every day. And then the, the other group got the placebo. And the primary outcome was new diagnoses that they're looking for, self-reported um, throughout the follow-up period of about 10 years. So over 10 years, they reported how many times gout was happening for these people over a 10-year period. Now, results showed that vitamin C supplementation reduced new gout diagnosis by 12%. These effects were greatest amongst those with a high BMI. Researchers concluded that vitamin C modestly reduced the risk of new new gout diagnoses in middle-aged males. Additionally, research is needed to determine the effects of higher doses of vitamin C supplementation and gout flare-ups. Now, they found that there was no association with improved gout attacks with those that took the vitamin E supplementation. Very interesting. So if you have someone in your life that is struggling with gout, my grandma had gout and she really struggled with the pain. She had it in her hand. I've had people have it in their toes, their feet. It's just such a debilitating, it's yeah, from what I've heard, it just seems like the most painful thing and people really struggle with it. And if you know someone that's struggling and they don't know what to eat, please um, tell them to reach out to me so I can help them because I would hate for them to start just losing drastic amount, drastic amount of weight because they're so scared to eat because of this pain. So yeah, please let them reach out to me if possible. All right, drop roll, getting into the 10 things I wish I knew before I became a nutritionist. So my number one is low carb doesn't mean low calorie. So low carb doesn't mean low calorie. A lot of times you go to the supermarket, you see low carb this, low carb that. If you look on the back at the calorie intake and you compare to just the normal brand, so just say it was like a low carb bread compared to like Helga's normal bread, you'll find most of the time that the calorie difference is not that much different, if not worse than the lower carb one compared to the regular bread. So always compare like for like. So I've compared Alpine lower carb bread to Helga's whole grain bread. And when when comparing, I always recommend going by per 100 grams rather than per serving size. It depends on what it is, but most of the time go by per 100 grams. um, So you can see the calorie difference. So Alpine lower carb bread had 240 calories per 100 grams. Whereas Helga's whole grain bread had 247 calories per 100 grams. So for 100, so for seven calories difference, is it worth getting a more expensive bread that is smaller in size? It probably doesn't taste as good as Helga's loaf just to save on seven calories. I'm going to bet probably not. And this comes up all the time with ice creams, muesli bars, cereals, all that sort of thing. Double check it all because most of the time it's just not worth it. The second thing I wish I knew before becoming a nutritionist is that weighing less will not make me happier or more confident. So when I did my bikini cop in 2017, I weighed 10 kilos less than what I do now. And in that time, I felt more insecure 
than I did when I weighed 10 kilos more. I thought people were judging me. I thought people were looking at me like I was sickly thin. I just, in, in general, I wasn't happier as well because I wasn't living the life I wanted to be living because I was on a strict diet. I couldn't go and just go out for lunch with friends or go have a cocktail on the weekends. None of that happened when I was trying to drop that 10 kilos for the comp. And I know I've never been overweight or obese, so I can only speak for myself with this. But if you are someone who is of a healthy weight, I can almost guarantee that being leaner will not make you happier. In saying that, I have had clients that are in the overweight or obese category and within like a few weeks of working together, regardless of if their weight moved or not, they still felt more confident and more happier. I had a client this morning tell me that we're only two weeks in and in two weeks she now wore a t-shirt and she would never wear a t-shirt out. She would always wear some sort of baggy shirt but she just said she felt better and she felt good so she wore a t-shirt and we don't know exactly how much weight she has lost yet um but she just says that she feels better and I think it's also from because she is in control of her food intake she knows what she's doing she's not winging it each day or eating crappy food she feels good which is making her feel more confident and more happier which is why she wore a t-shirt out and she said she never wears a t-shirt so I'm really happy for her and I know this is like I suppose a more of like a, a privilege thing from me where I've never been in that position where I have been overweight or obese but I from what I've seen from my clients is I can see the confidence and the happiness that comes from them when they start to eat well and yeah eat more nutritious foods and have more control over their eating and I do think it's from eating better quality foods so when you eat better quality food your gut health improves which also improves your mental health as well but I also think it's mostly from having control over what you're eating and just feeling good from that so that is my second thing I wish I knew before The third thing I wish I knew is eating the quotation marks healthy version of something isn't necessarily better for you. So I'm talking about things when you go to cafes and they're like a raw vegan brownie or a low carb or low sugar this or whatever it is, low fat this. The perceived healthy version doesn't mean it's better for you. A lot of the times when they are low carb or low fat or raw vegan, whatever it is, they're adding in more of something else into it to make up for it. So what I mean by that is if you are getting the low-carb, low-sugar, gluten-free brownie, I don't know, brownie, just say, when they're saying low-carb, low-sugar, it means that they're adding in more fats into the mixture to be able to make it taste good at the same time. Now, what that's doing is making this a higher-calorie version of the brownie to be eating compared to if you just got the normal regular brownie with all the sugar and all the flour and all of that it is yeah it's going to be a higher calorie option so if you are on a weight loss journey and you're like i really want a brownie and i want to get the healthy version of a brownie so i don't have to worry about ruining my my calorie intake you're probably doing yourself a disservice you may as well just eat the brownie that you want enjoy it and move on rather than trying to get the healthy version and then you're like, didn't really hit the spot, it was okay, didn't really like it, and you ate more calories in the long term anyway. And remember, when we want to lose weight, we want to be in that calorie deficit, which is most important. 
This is the same with all those health halos you see in the supermarket that might be like high protein, this, low carb, this, whatever it is. A lot of the times they're not better. Some of the times they are, like I mentioned before with the pasta. There are many other versions that are better, but most of the time it isn't. And you're better off looking on the nutritional panel. Look at the calorie intake per 100 grams. And that way you can see what looks better and what doesn't. Be mindful of when you are looking at the nutrition panels. If it is coming in like a serving, like it's wrapped up as one serving, then look at the per serving size because you'll only be having like one portion that's sort of wrapped up. Or if it's like a cake where you sort of cut off your own slice, for example, then look at per 100 grams because that will be the best reflection of what's the better option. When it comes to weight loss, yes, the amount of sugar you're having in your diet is important, but if you're just having a treat here and there, just trust me, just get the normal option. It's not much difference. I remember I was having a conversation in my DMs about Tim Tams and it was the dark Tim, this lady says she got the dark Tim Tams, dark chocolate Tim Tams, and compared it to salted caramel Tim Tams and realized there was no difference in calories between the two. Isn't that funny? You think if you get the dark chocolate, you're making a slightly better option, but you're not. You may as well get the Tim Tam that you actually wanted and enjoying that. And that's even the same with Cadbury milk chocolate compared to sugar-free chocolate or dark chocolate. Have a look at the difference. Most of the time, there is not much difference between the Cadbury milk chocolate compared to a dark chocolate. Now, everyone has their own preferences. However, I 1,000 times would pick Cadbury over any dark chocolate because it's the best. But yeah, so really be aware. Don't fall for the marketing or what's on the front. Flip it over. Just don't even look at what it says on the front. Just flip over to the back, read the nutrition panel and really look at what is actually better for you for your goals. If your goal is weight loss, go by the calories. Okay, so that is number three. Number four is going vegan won't make you skinny. So I went vegan for numerous reasons. However, in the back of my mind, I always thought, oh, would I be like really skinny if I went vegan? And no, if anything, I put on weight when I was vegan. And that is going for any other, you know, type of eating, whether it's gluten-free, dairy-free or whatever it is, it's not going to make you lose weight. What will make you lose weight is from being in a calorie deficit, knowing what calories are in what food, knowing how to eat a balanced meal and a balanced plate for weight loss. That is what will make you lose weight. I really thought if I'm going to be cutting out meat, dairy, eggs, everything, seafood, all of that, I would lose weight. And the the fact of the matter is I didn't. I ended up I, I still weighed the same, I think. If anything, maybe two kilos heavier, but I looked so much different. I looked like I weighed more. I had a puffy face, just I didn't look healthy at all. So when you do make these choices about what you want to eat, if you want to go gluten, dairy-free for health, um, so for like digestive reasons, if you're celiac or you're intolerant to dairy, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're doing it because you think you will lose weight quicker, I promise you, you'll probably be wrong. I do hear a lot of people do say though, when they went vegan or sorry, when they went gluten free, they lost a heap of weight. Now, 
is it really the going gluten-free that made you lose weight? Or was it because you cut out a bunch of foods from your diet that contain gluten? And so that made you force yourself into a calorie deficit. That's what made you lose weight. Maybe it's not the gluten going gluten-free, but maybe it was with all the foods you cut out. And I also hear the same for people say, I feel so much better when I don't eat gluten. I'm like, you've cut out like a heap of crappy foods from your diet by not eating gluten. So it's probably that rather than the gluten itself. Obviously it's different. Some people genuinely have digestive issues when they have gluten. And obviously the celiacs need to avoid gluten. But when you hear people say, I cut out dairy and I cut out gluten, I feel so much better. Okay, you've cut out gluten. So now you've cut out all the foods that you're probably were eating before. And you've replaced them with more nutritious foods. And you're just saying it's because of the gluten-free, but really you've just made some good swaps and you've had to cut out things that contain gluten. So that's made it easier for you to make those swaps, lose weight and feel better. So I don't recommend going gluten-free. It's not good for your gut health unless you're celiac. So this is a bit of a side note. I've really gone on a tangent here, hey? But it's just, I just feel very passionate about not eliminating food groups because it's not going to get you anywhere closer to the goal. If anything, it is like a band-aid fix. You know, you're not learning anything. You're not learning how to eat better. What you're learning is how to cut out food groups to get to your goal. And that's not healthy long term. Yeah, that was a bit of a tangent, but I hope you got something out of that regardless. Number five is having a Coke Zero is okay. I would always avoid, you know, no sugar soft drinks because I thought they were bad for you. I mean, they're not good for you, let's be honest. But if you're going to have one here and there, it's not the be all and end all. It's not going to affect your weight loss goals because there's no calories in it. And remember, calories are king. And sometimes you just want something fizzy. And that's okay if you want that here and there. If you if it's replacing your water intake, that's when it's an issue. But if you're just having one can every few days, honestly, it's not a big deal. And I wish I knew that earlier because I like it. I like, I personally like sugar-free lemonade, but that's really it. (laughs) But in general, like sugar-free soft drinks are okay to have. And I wish I knew that earlier. Number six, this one makes me laugh a little bit, but fasted cardio does shit all. (laughs) So I used to get up and go for a walk or a run fasted because I thought I'd burn more fat when I did that. No, you don't. What does happen is you end up really hungry and famished on your run and then you get home and you just eat so much food because you're so hungry. That doesn't help either. So what studies have found is that it doesn't matter if you do your cardio fasted or not. What does matter is your total calorie intake for the day, calories in versus out. So you want to make sure that you're you know, eating in a calorie deficit for weight loss You don't need to be starving yourself or doing cardio on an empty stomach and thinking that you're going to lose weight quicker or going to be burning more fat because you're not. If if you like doing it in the morning on the empty stomach and that feels good to you, you can do it. I would always recommend a pre-workout snack, but if you don't need that, if you don't want it, that's okay. But don't starve yourself doing cardio first thing in the morning because you think you're going to be burning more fat because you won't. Number seven, you can have a treat and still be healthy. So when I was trying to be the healthiest version of me, I thought I had to cut out desserts, anything with a little bit of sugar in it, anything that resembled fun. And that's what would make me healthy. And in this time, you're going through those, um, I don't know, there's a whole lot more information out there now on Instagram. But back then when I was doing this, there was no info on a balanced lifestyle. It was all very extreme, good old 2000s. So 
what I mean by this is if you can have an ice cream at night and eat well during the day, that is a perfectly balanced diet to me. If you're trying to force yourself to not eat sugar or not eat dessert because you think it's better for you, and then you end up binging two weeks later because you've restricted yourself so much, that is not a healthy diet. That is a restrictive diet that's causing you to binge, and that's not good. So know you can have a treat and still be healthy. If you don't know how to balance treats into your day, get some help so you know how to do that. Once you get that help and you know how to do that, the rest of your life, you have this information and this knowledge on how to balance out your lifestyle long-term for your sustainable results that you're after. Remember, everything we want to do is going to be sustainable for us. If it's not something we can sustainably do long-term, it's not worth doing. So please know you can have treats here and there and still be a healthy person. Number eight, being super lean is not worth it. Now, when I say super lean, I literally had no boobs left. That's how lean I got when I was doing my bikini comp. (laughs) Um, But in general, being lean is not worth it. You give up so much to be able to maintain that leanness. Now, when you see guys that are really shredded and really lean, all I think is, yes, you look fantastic, but all I think is, You're obviously not living a fun lifestyle. If you can maintain that and still be able to do whatever you want, you've got one of those freak genetics, amazing. Most of the people don't. And if you see someone that's really lean, know that they have a very strict diet and a very strict workout routine to be able to maintain that. For some people, they think that's worth it for them. For me, it's not worth it. And even um, Zac Efron, when he was, I think it was Baywatch he was doing, where he got absolutely shredded for Baywatch, He has spoken about how much that affected his mental health and how depressed he was at that time because he had to maintain that level of leanness for that movie. And it's really sad to hear about how miserable he was in that time and how how strict he had to be with his diet and what he was eating to be able to maintain that. And he said it's absolutely not worth it being that lean to lose like pretty much everything, every fun thing in your life to be able to maintain that. And I... I really like Zac Efron. I think he's such a nice person. Only because of that documentary he did on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, but it's really good. But yeah, I really like him from that. Anyway, and I feel really bad for him now because people still expect him to look like that when he doesn't. And obviously he's got the whole pressure of the world on him to look a certain way. But it's a side tangent again. But just know that being super lean is not worth it. I also have clients that come to me and they are a healthy weight, very healthy weight for their height and they are eating well and exercising regularly, but they still want to be lean. And I do have to ask, why do you want to be this lean? Why do you want to lose more weight? What is, why do you want to do this? Because a lot of the times it's obviously for superficial reasons. It's not because they want to improve their health because they are already healthy they're already eating well they're already exercising they just want to be that extra leanness for the sake of being extra lean and it's just not worth it I promise you that my ninth thing is to stop stressing over every single ingredient in food so literally I would go to the supermarket and if it had ingredients I didn't know the name of I wouldn't purchase it but I was very strict on that so I'll make sure there was no added salt no added sugar no added anything that I didn't know what it was 
and I wouldn't eat it. And if you're someone that eats a lot of packaged food, yes, this is going to be an issue for you. But if you have a healthy, well-rounded, well-balanced diet, it's not going to be a huge issue if you have something from a packet that has some ingredients that you don't know. Unless there's going to be something that's going to cause an, a, a digestive issue, then that's different. But if you have, I don't know, like one ingredient in there, you don't know the name of it, but over the given day, you're not really eating much processed food, it's not going to affect your health. You're going to be okay. You will survive. So I would stop stressing over every ingredient in food and I would focus more on my calorie intake for the day and what's going to make me feel good. I know a lot of packaged foods don't make me feel good. So when I have them, I have them mindfully and in moderation. And that's what you should do too. My 10th one that I wish I knew, and this is my most passionate one, the one I talk about all the time, is calories are freaking king. You need to get your calories in point if you want to see any results, whether that's maintaining your weight, losing weight, gaining weight, whatever it is, your calories are absolutely king. And I've tested this myself rigorously. And it's obviously 100% true. There's so many studies that prove this and back this as well. But whether you eat a shithouse diet or you eat a perfectly 100% plant-based healthy diet, if your calories are not in check, you will not see the results that you're after. Calories are number one. They are king. Macronutrients are queen. Get your, your calories right, then focus on your how your meals are distributed, how much protein, how much carbs, how much veg is in the meal. Because if your calories aren't right, but you're focusing on your macros, you're not going to see the results. I promise, you're not going to see them. You need to get your calories right. So this is where I see clients mark up their eating because they think they've had a shocking day of eating. And it probably was a terrible day of eating. It probably wasn't healthy. But then because they think it was so bad that they end up binging later on in the day because they're like, what the heck, I may as well just ruin my day even more. What they had previously eaten was still in their calorie deficit. If they had just made a nutritious meal, they would have continued their calorie deficit even though the start of their day wasn't ideal. So if you get a really clear understanding of what calories are in what food, you could do this by tracking through my fitness pal, seeing what calories are in what food. And just say you did have a shocking day of eating. You know, you woke up, you had a slice of toast with butter and then you've had takeaway for lunch and you had a piece of chocolate later, but you're still in your calorie deficit. You haven't ruined your weight loss goals. You haven't ruined them yet. You have ruined it once you go over your calories consistently over a few days, not just one day, but consistently. So if this is you and you had a shocking day of eating, just say it's today or yesterday, have a look at what you actually ate. Yes, it was probably crappy food, but if you were still in your calorie deficit, don't go ruining what ruining your diet by eating more food that isn't serving you and then pushing yourself out of your calorie deficit. Go, go back to basics, go back to just making your healthy meal because that's what's going to get you closer to your goals. Not just binging and be like, oh, stuff it, I didn't eat well anyway. Because most of the time what you ate during the day didn't even push you out of your calorie deficit. Promise, that's what I've seen with many clients. I hope this was helpful. I hope you found this interesting, insightful. These are just 10 of like a bazillion things I wish I knew. There's so many things I wish I knew before I was a, a nutritionist. What I know now, what I wish I knew before. But now I get to just teach my clients and teach you guys how to eat well 
and share my knowledge with you all so that you can help live your healthiest lifestyle and you don't have to go through this path of restriction and then overeating and never getting towards your goals because you don't know what to do. You've got so much information from what I've given you in these podcasts and on Instagram to be able to help you to be able to help you get to where you want to be. And I really hope you do find them helpful. Remember, you can always inquire to work with me. I'm always looking at getting new clients. So if that's you and you need help, please reach out to me. You can send me a message on Instagram, nutrition underscore by Samantha, and I will be more than happy to guide you through what's the best option to have with working with me. If not, that's okay. Keep learning from me. Keep growing as a person. That's what these podcasts are for. Now, if you've been enjoying these potties, I would really love it if you could leave me a positive review on either Spotify or iTunes. That would mean so much to me and will help other people find this podcast so they can learn too. Anyway, you can find me on Instagram, nutrition underscore by Samantha. You can go on my website, nutritionbysamantha.com.au and you can book in through there. Otherwise, I hope you all have a lovely day. I hope you enjoy this potty and I'm sure we'll talk again in the next podcast. Bye-bye.